and gentlemen, welcome to the Bulls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. A podcast dedicated to the Bulls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football League right here in Ireland. Your commish, Alan Byrne, alongside as ever, Booers himself, Owen Byrne. Owen, we're at part two of the free agency friendly. Lots to talk about. Yeah, coming back at you again. Um... A lot more to get through. Uh, we're the other side of the league now, and it's going to be... Uh, there's a lot more action on this side. Yeah, we, we we talked a lot in the NFC, but the AFC has turned into an arms race, particularly in the AFC West, which we will get to in due course. But we'll start off part two in the AFC North. But let me hit you with some knowledge. Some big changes here. None more so than in Cleveland. Of course, we talked earlier that they traded for a Murray Cooper for just a fifth round pick and took on his 20 million contract. Let go Jarvis Landry into free agency. But of course, the big news, they traded hugely for franchise QB Deshaun Watson. From a fantasy point of view, that's huge news for both Watson and Cooper. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Big changes here in Cleveland. And look, Watson, if he comes back the way he left, I mean, he's one of the best uh, QBs in the league. Um, he gets uh he gets it done uh, on the fancy sheet on the stat sheet, um, big big move for Cleveland. Um, you know it's they've been a bad franchise for a long time, and you know we spoke about it several times last season. Baker probably not the guy. We wondered would they pay him, but no, they've made the big move here now for Watson, and you know Mary Cooper's gonna be delighted too. Uh. Huge big name receiver in to to pair with Watson, if they uh, hit the ground running at all, uh, they're going to be uh, putting up some huge fancy numbers. Indeed, indeed they will. Uh, also, Watson's arrival probably good news for other peripheral players like Donovan Peoples Jones, like David and Joku, like maybe Harrison Bryant, the other, the other tight end. Of course, Austin Hooper was let, uh, was, was, uh, was cut. Um, but brings those other guys into play alongside maybe the likes of Kareem Hunt, if he hangs around, another good pass-catching option. Of course, stacked in that running back with Nick Chubb. It's still full of steam ahead for, for fantasy for the Browns. Yeah, 100%. You know, Watson gives everyone a bump, really. Um under the assumption he does uh, come back uh, as good as ever. Um, and if he does, yeah, all those guys um, you'd expect to be uh, putting up numbers, especially uh, the likes of Njoku and Peoples-Jones. Yeah, indeed. Of course, the caveat of the whole uh, Watson uh, situation is that more likely than not, he's going to serve a suspension. We don't know if that's going to be two, four, six, eight games, whatever it's going to be. We don't know if they are then going to rely on uh, Baker Mayfield or is Mayfield going to be gone? 
for those suspension games. It could even be uh, a further backup, you know. So probably yeah, for- uh, a grain of salt to be taken with some of these guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, proceed with caution. But uh, you know, in in dynasty in dynasty terms, you know, long term, you'd expect Watson to be uh, you know, a great player there potentially for a number of years. Uh, he was uh, outstanding for the Texans in a, in a bad team as well, and you know, really gets done, really makes hay, and uh, is really a stellar quarterback. Um, assuming he's uh, up to scratch after. Scratching his hole there for the last year and a half. Indeed, indeed. Elsewhere, the Pittsburgh Steelers also had big quarterback change, and that is, of course, the elite quarterback that was Ben Roethlisberger, retired two Super Bowl rings to his name, and a stellar career in Pittsburgh. All came to an end this season. Uh, He had been... Hanging off that cliff for two or three seasons now. Uh, injuries not helping him. Uh, but he is now retired. Replaced by our ex-bear, Mitchell Trubisky. Who's somehow took a year off, sat on the bench in Buffalo. And his, uh, you know, his stock rose by just not playing. Everyone totally would have amnesia about how poorly he played in Chicago. But he's now the man... Presumably, in Pittsburgh, battling it out with uh, with uh, Mason uh, Rudolph and the like. Yeah, look, definitely, uh, Big Ben. Uh, he's been hanging on on the edge of the cliff there, as you said, for the last you know two to three seasons. But one of the best has ever ever done it. Uh, had a, an unbelievable career. Stayed in Pittsburgh the whole time. Uh, won a, a couple of rings. Uh, he was outstanding and. Really, when he first came into the league, he was well able to move around for such a big guy, and you know they're going to miss him. They're going to miss him in the, in the in the locker room and things like that. Proper good leader, but yeah, Mitchell Mitchell comes in and seems to be a lot of optimism about him. Uh, you know, <laughs> I watched him for three years. I wouldn't be optimistic. Look, he's clearly just a stopgap. Um, they're obviously will have bigger plans down the road, whether it's this draft or the next draft. But, uh, you know, they got him at a nice price, to be fair. And, you know, he'll be serviceable for them. But definitely, um, you know, it's they're not moving to greener pastures, really. Um, this is definitely a stopgap and a rebuild. Yeah. And, you know, um, definitely they have their work out for them. Uh, still haven't had a losing season um, in the last number of years. That uh, could all come to a head this season. It could, of course, uh, Juju Schmitz-Schuster uh, took his TikTok dancing ways down the road to Kansas City, leaving behind uh, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. But from a fantasy point of view, it's probably a tick down moving from even a poor Ben Roethlisberger to Mitch Jabuski. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely it's a tricky one to pick out because. You know, Trubisky's arm, not terrible, but not great either. Um, Definitely not going to be as good on the line of scrimmage, reading defenses, things like that, than, than Big Ben was. I know his, obviously his health and his arm declined over the last number of years, but, you know, a different guy in the huddle, it's going to be it's going to be a struggle for them. Um, Still probably like Deontay Johnson a good bit. 
Claypool's very hit and miss. Be hard to know how he gets on. Bit of a nuisance off the field. Um, yeah, they're definitely going to probably miss Juju, but, you know, he's gone on to greener pastures now, and he could have a nice year ahead of him. He could, he could, and we'll, we'll discuss why that is in a little bit, but uh, uh, just to finish off in Pittsburgh, your, 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 your fantasy ace in the hole here is obviously Najee Harris, uh, after a stellar rookie season. Yeah, obviously he was great, great last year, uh, especially first year in the league. Um, you know, they need to maybe shore up the O-line a small bit just to uh, help their run game. But definitely um, I would be uh, very optimistic about Najee uh, going forward. Not a lot of wear and tear in them tires and he's the guy. He can catch the ball, he can run the ball, he can do everything. Definitely he's the, he's the standout can, guy on yeah. the team you want, fantasy relevance. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens uh, uh, did nothing from a fantasy point of view. Uh, the only thing to mention probably is J.K. Dobbins coming back from his torn ACL. Um, would be obviously a boon to the Ravens' backfield in that run-heavy offense. Uh, also, his uh, running back mate, Gus the Bus Edwards, also coming back from a torn ACL. So those guys, again, be sharing out those snaps, no doubt. Uh, also competing, of course, with Lamar Jackson uh, as a runner. Uh, but didn't bring anything else in on the uh, on the outside. So you still got Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, and Mark Andrews. You know, good, if not, uh, if, if not great uh, options, I suppose, from a fantasy point of view. Yeah, the, like without making any moves, definitely improve with uh, Dobbins and Edwards coming back, um, really shoring up that backfield, hopefully again, making them a lot steadier. Um, the I would expect them to bring in another right receiver in the rookie draft, but, you know, I'd be I'd be leaning on the edge of Bateman there now over, over uh, Hollywood. Um, I think uh, he showed some good flashes last year and... Get a good run of things this year. I think he uh, might be a nice fantasy piece. Indeed. Which leaves us then with the AFC North champions and Super Bowl runners up. The Cincinnati Bengals coming out of nowhere to go to the show last year off the back of tremendous performances from returning Joe Burrow. Of course, the outstanding wide receiver, uh, Jamar Chase and his buddies, T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd. But the biggest news um, for the Bengals was they totally, totally overhauled their offensive line, which is no doubt going to help Burrow, Mixon, and those wide receivers uh, in no end, you know. Uh, so while they haven't added to that, they've got a lot of, a lot of nice pieces in place. Yeah, not bringing in anyone. It's like on the face of it, fancy relevant, but as you said, fixing that O line is going to make a huge difference um, to not only their passing game but their run game. I mean, Mixon um, should have a lot easier time now running behind, you know, some proper guards and tackles, and he can catch the ball too. Um, yeah, really like uh, Chase. He had a good year. Um, very, it was a bit up and down at times. He's, a, he's definitely the big play guy, 
probably I personally would prefer have T Higgins over Chase. He's going to be better value in your in your draft market and uh, gets a lot more targets. Got to feel bad for Tyler Boyd there. Looked like he was about to break out a season or two ago and has just been totally outshined by two new guns that they've brought in over the past couple of seasons. But uh, the one of the best receiving units uh, in the league. Yeah, if not the best, yeah, they're right up there. Absolutely, yeah, that is some trio. We move along to the AFC South. The biggest thing that kind of came out of this, of course, is that uh, the Colts traded for uh, veteran QB Matt Ryan in what, on the face of it, would appear an upgrade from Carson Wentz and again opens up the Colts to the possibility of being a real player uh, given that they've Jonathan Taylor and the likes of Michael Pittman and stuff, but they're still probably lacking on uh, outside of Pittman at the wide receiver position. Um but Matt Ryan, you know, he's done everything bar win that ring, of course, famously losing to the Patriots. But, uh, you know, I think it's a good move. And, and another another real swing for this Colts. Uh, they're not afraid to uh, to go for it. They know they're in a window and, uh, you know, it's a big move. Yeah, big move. Uh, really like it. Really like Matty Ice. Um, as you said, he's pretty much done everything except win that ring. Um they definitely, definitely need help at wide receiver and potentially tight end as well. I mean, I like Michael Pittman, but I don't think he's a one. They need a guy at the other side who's at least attracting attention. You know, you need a big name receiver. Yeah. And that's, I feel like it's really going to hold them back. Obviously, JT was outstanding last year, like really was very very good uh, both on the ground and through the year and obviously he's going to be hugely fantasy relevant and you know you want him on your team but uh, definitely lacking on the outside weapons you know T.Y. Hilton just has really struggled the last couple of years struggled when playing struggled to stay healthy Zach Pascal not good enough they just really are struggling but look Matt Ryan has been doing that for years with shit wide receivers so they might be able to make something work there yeah they're going to be an interesting one to watch now I really like them bringing in Matt Ryan there yeah indeed indeed the most uh, lively team in this division of course was the Jacksonville Jaguars after the absolute disaster of the Urban Meyer uh, management of the team uh, they brought in uh, former Super Bowl winner Doug Peterson as the new uh, head man who, uh, you know, I, I like Doug and what he did, of course, in Philadelphia. Um, I think he can only improve the Jaguars. Um, but that said, some questionable decisions made in the offseason. They, they get rid of uh, DJ Chark, bring in Christian Kirk, a number three, really, at the Cardinals and pay him like a number one. Uh, bring in Zay Jones uh, and look to be pretty uh, jettisoning uh, guys uh, like Leviska Chenault and like uh, um, oh, who's the other guy who kind of broke out for them last year, the former Viking, I can't think of his um, name right now but Marvin Jones. overhauling uh, Marvin Jones, yeah 
but overhauling their wide receiver core with maybe lateral moves, <laughs> you know, it's uh, if not if not a not a, a slight downtick, but I don't know, maybe maybe it's the the new blood they needed just to get things moving. Definitely, their best sign is Doug Pearson. Um, he was definitely the best candidate for them. I feel like he did really well uh, with yeah. Philadelphia. Really loved the signing. Now, look, the moves they've made, right? They haven't brought in, you know, outstanding receivers. I don't think this. The moves they've made wouldn't look bad if they didn't farcically play Christian Kirk. Like, they just paid him way too much money. If they paid him a reasonable contract, yeah. 10, 11 million a year, you wouldn't be looking at the Jags going, what the fuck are they doing with the wide receivers? You'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, they are yeah. you know they have to move some guys around. It didn't look like Sharp was wanting to stay there anyway. So I think, in particular, the Kirk contract makes it look way worse than you yeah. know the actual yeah. play itself. But... I'm really looking forward to watching them this year. Um, with Doug Pearson there, yeah, uh, it's he's hopefully going to steady the ship after all the nonsense last year with Urban Meyer. Hope uh, Trey Lang, uh, hope yeah. Trevor Lawrence really gets a, a good run at it now, and we can really see what he can do. But look, yeah, absolutely, and of course, he gets his he gets his he gets his college running back Travis Etienne back as well, who lost his rookie season to injury. You'd like to see the two of them hook up as well, but to absolutely give Lawrence every opportunity now to show that he is the talent that we all think he is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's what you have to do when you when you draft these guys at number one overall. If you can't put the pieces around them, then there's no point in drafting them. So hopefully yeah. they're moving in the right direction. And as I said, Doug Pearson, probably the best guy that was on the market to take them where they're in the direction they're trying to go. Uh, looking forward to seeing what they can do. Etienne and and Robinson in the backfield is uh, is going to be a nice pairing too. Indeed, indeed. Elsewhere in that division, the Tennessee Titans haven't done anything really from a fantasy point of view. Uh, Austin Hooper came in as a tight end, uh, but of course the biggest news for them is that they'd get uh, Derrick Henry back, but. Henry's now heading into his uh, late twenties, and uh, you know, while we we've been talking about cliffs for some people, his could be there, but uh, if he's fit, he appears hard to stop. But uh, but no doubt, he's a big uh, a, a big get for them uh, back. Yeah, obviously, great to have him back. Um, you know, we see every year there's running backs break down. I mean, they just Running backs take a lot of punishment. Now, obviously, Derrick Henry is bigger than your typical running back, and uh, but he's he's picked up a few knocks now in the last couple of seasons, and you know the trade is starting to show. Um, apparently, words still going around that they're shopping AJ Brown, looking to move him on. Doesn't look like they want to pay him. They brought in Bobby Woods. Nice pickup for them. Let Julio go, but I I like the sign of Bobby Woods and definitely gonna be helpful for the likes of Derrick Henry. Um, they're just they're just missing something, and I don't can't really put my finger on it. They're missing something. Maybe Ryan Tannehill is just not good enough. Yeah, 
Maybe because they're on the cusp. They're they're in the AFC Championship game. They're they're the top team in the AFC uh, after the regular season last year. They're on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl, and it just seems shocking to me that they'd let AJ Brown go at this point, where they're just a step away. You know, he, he this guy is one of the best young receivers in the league. It seems hard to say, sorry, dude, we're not going to pay you 25, 26 million a year. Or maybe how it could be looking for 30 million a year. Maybe that's too much, but I don't know. You're, you're, the window is only so, only so uh, open so long, you know, and while Derrick Henry is doing what he's doing, you have to put the chips in and go for it. And especially, especially with the aggressiveness we're, we're seeing, in particular in the AFC, I mean, it's loaded on that side now. We're going to talk about some more of the moves as we go along here and show what, like, teams are being super aggressive and aggressive wins in this league. We saw it last year. The Rams were hyper aggressive and they won a ring. And they're potentially teed up to be back there again. Hyper aggressive wins in the NFL. And if they're talking about getting rid of, you know, their stud receiver. It's really hard to see. I mean, they're super well coached. Mike Vrabel is doing a phenomenal job there. They had 80-odd starters last season and still, do you know what I mean, weren't that far off getting yeah. all the way. I mean, it's it's yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. Their defense is playing lights out with essentially what is kind of a lot of no-names going into the start last year. A lot of those guys, you wouldn't have even known who they are. And now, you know, they're kind of stud players in the, in the league. And how they could even be discussing getting rid of A.J. Brown is, is pretty baffling. Yeah, it is crazy. And finally, the AFC South, we've got the Houston Texans, of course. They traded away uh, Deshaun Watson, got a plethora of draft picks over the coming years. Uh, looking to kind of rebuild their roster. It uh, didn't trade for any of the other quarterbacks that were on the QB carousel over the offseason, which seems to indicate certainly for the year coming they're going to stick with Davis Mills and see what they got there. He certainly showed some flashes uh, last season, even more so than those drafted ahead of him. Um uh, Brandon Cooks only the last 20 to 24, 48 hours signs an extension, which is good news uh, for Mills. Uh, Ace Cooks is the wide receiver one there, albeit from a fantasy point of view, you'd have to wonder if, uh, you know, what, what, what that kind of means or where that puts him. He's had a stellar career kind of under the radar. Uh, and then a running back, they signed Marlon Mack. Long forgotten uh, running back of the Indianapolis Colts came back off uh, uh, an Achilles tear and really didn't get back in the in the game behind Jonathan Taylor last year. Texans, yeah, it's just another club where it's all it's it's, it's pretty grey and not not really inspiring. Yeah, yeah. Look, they've essentially been fighting an uphill battle there for the last twenty years since they you know entered the league. Um, and you know they had Watson there, but obviously. We knew essentially over a year ago that he was probably never going to play for them again. Um, I like that they're giving David Mills is or Davis Mills his shot. Um, he did show some really nice flashes last year. Um, some super impressive passes, accurate with his long ball. 
uh, I liked what they what 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 he was able to show. Brandon Cooks obviously re-signing, big news for them. Um, as you said, kind of had a stellar career under the radar, and he really has. Um, he's been great everywhere he goes. He's been actually really good. And the likes of you, they'd be hoping now the likes of Nico Collins can uh, take a step forward after his rookie year, and uh, maybe Jordan Bevan at a tight end. To be hoping some of those guys can kick on a little bit and. You know they they play hard. They play hard every week. There's there's a real good culture there, despite a lack of apparent talent. Indeed, indeed. Now we move on to two divisions where we talked about aggressiveness, and this is where it really came to the fore. We start in the AFC East and the Miami Dolphins. They bring in a new head coach. They swing for the fences with a huge trade to the Kansas City Chiefs for star wide receiver Tyreek Hill, paying him a huge contract in the process, setting up Tua Tungavaloa with zero excuses now for the coming season, where now we've got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Mike Gesicki, of course, they parted ways with Devontae Parker, who went to division rivals New England, but the Dolphins loading up in the backfield also. Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds coming into what's no doubt going to be a 49ers running style of, of game. Um, yeah, Dolphins just putting it all out there. Yeah, um... They're, they're going all in. They're sitting at the poker table. They've pushed all their chips into the pot. And I like it. I like they're looking it at the Rams. They're looking at the Rams. They're looking yeah. at the Rams. They're saying, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, they brought in, they went hard and they brought in Mostert and Edmonds, as you said. And they really do, they really did need running backs. The guys they had just really weren't cutting it there. They were only kind of showing flashes. Weren't really getting it done week in, week out. And uh, Brian, two nice pieces now with Mostert and Edmonds. Um, probably, you know, you're going to want Mostert more than Edmonds, but both of them will have a, a nice part to play, I think. Um, obviously, signing Tariq Hill is huge. It's huge. I personally believe they might have given up a little bit too much, considering they did have to pay him the bumper contract as well. So I think they've given up a little too much for him, but... You know what I mean? They're gonna be, they're gonna be knocking on the door. Uh, it's gonna make it super interesting in division and, uh, you know, getting down to the playoffs and and meeting some of the other divisions uh, towards the end of the season. But you know they've got a good defense and uh, real creative new head coach. Uh, they're gonna be really fun to watch. I think. I think uh, two is gonna really get his chance. And look. Since they since they signed Hill as well, they've freed up another twenty million in cap. They're not done. Expect them to make make another move. Yeah, yeah. With all that said, though, I think it uh, just dings Hill and Waddle a little bit from the fantasy side. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Hill has probably you know gone down a, a margin, but. I still really like Waddle. I think they're going to do really fun things with him there. And 
you know, I think he's going to have like a real kind of Debo Samuel role. I think he's going to be doing a lot of different things and he's going to be super good for fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it remains to be seen that that AFC East um, looked a real mire of a division a couple of seasons ago is suddenly becoming a really tough division to call. Of course, the Buffalo Bills uh, leading the way there over the last couple of seasons. They bring in uh, OJ Howard uh, as another complimentary tight end to Dawson Knox. They let go Cole Beasley after uh, a pretty decent couple of seasons. Bring in a sneaky wide receiver in Jameson Crowder, who I've really liked over the years. A great pass catcher over the middle. Uh, and a nice guy to have over the middle with uh, Stefan Diggs, of course, signing a huge extension to his contract this week. And Gabe Davis, who uh, seemed to have some sort of a breakout last year. Yeah, obviously, you know, we know what the Bills are about. Obviously, Allen is uh, one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league at the moment. And as you said, I really like Crowder as well. Sneaky good possession guy. Gets a lot, has seen to get a lot of targets and catches most of them. Uh, Really good hands. And a really good replacement for the likes of Cole Beasley, who they were pretty much using him as. You know, that guy over the middle, short passes, getting on the move. Crowder's a really nice replacement for him now. And, you know, they're going to be hard to beat again. They're, They're always... They're tough, and, you know, obviously Diggs is standout. Josh Allen is standout. Arguably the best arm in the league. And it's going to be a real fun battle, I think, between them and the Dolphins uh, to win that division. It is. And uh, towards the end of the season, into the playoffs, they seem to unlock, finally, Devin Singletary in the running back game. He just seemed to break out for some big games. Uh so yeah, they could be on all fronts tough to tough to deal with. Yeah, it looked it towards the end of last season, um, not just the playoffs, but the last two games of last season, they really were trying to commit to the run, which was really a big hole in their offense. I mean, you kind of knew what they were doing on most plays, and you know, Singletary had shown flashes before, so it's nice to see him uh, getting the touches and establishing that little bit of dominance over the likes of Zach Moss and really putting himself as the number one. Because he can do it all too. He can catch as well. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? He's a nice shifty little back. Yeah. They can uh, definitely do some damage. Yeah. Indeed they can. Well, elsewhere we got the New York Jets who didn't do much. Of course, Jameson Crowder um, left them uh, to join Buffalo Um and they only brought in CJ Uzama, who had a, a decent enough season at tight end for uh, the Bengals. But outside of that, probably not doing much. But look for them to uh, to use two of their top ten draft picks to probably bring in another receiver. I would have said beside Elijah Moore and, uh, and and Corey Davis. Yeah, I'd imagine they'll bring in a receiver and early and probably later in the draft as well. Uh, maybe bolster up that old line a small bit as well. That's what I'd uh, imagine they'll be looking to do. Um, Zach Wilson showed flashes last year. Um, even towards the end of the year, showed he had some wheels too. He could move about a bit. Um, they're definitely trying to trend in the right direction. 
Um, likes of Michael Carr, really impressive. Uh, I was. We were at a Jets uh, Bills game last year. I was super impressed with Michael Carr that day. In a what is obviously not not the greatest team in the world, but it just their front office is just letting them down, and they're just a bit of a shit show of an organization. But trying to trend in the right direction. Um, they have they have a couple of potential nice pieces. Whether they can get anything going, will that will that be the big uh, change? Absolutely, and as we said about Davis Mills earlier, you've brought in this young kid. They've obviously spent a lot of draft capital on him, taking him second overall last season. You got to put the pieces around him and let him have a go, you know, or else what's the point? What are you doing, you know? Yeah. Um. If you feel like you get your franchise guy, I mean, now's the time to be making it work because, you know, two years down the line from now. You're going to have to decide whether you're going to pay him or not. And if you haven't even given him the opportunity to succeed, you know, you're at nothing. And then you're doing it all over again. You're just in this vicious cycle of drafting another quarterback, not helping him. Three years down the line, get rid of him, draft another quarterback. You get into this vicious cycle and, you know, again, not hyper-aggressive, poor front office, poor team management in general. And... I'd like to see Robert Sala uh, succeed there, but he's definitely fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, well, I, I think he's still paying for the sins of the past, too, so it's, it's probably going to take another season or so for for it to kind of wash out and become more his team, I suppose. You know, they have cap issues and all that kind of jazz, too. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to see him get there. Um, and the final team, of course, is the New England Patriots, who uh, only in the past week or so traded for uh, Devontae Parker, who just muddies the waters, really, in the wide receiver room with Parker now in beside Myers and uh, Bourne and uh, guys like that. There, there, there's, there's a lot of them in there. Uh, from a fantasy point of view, it's hard to choose any of them. They've got a couple of tight ends. It's hard to choose between them. They now have a couple of running backs. It's hard to choose between them. It seems like a bit of a, it seems like a bit of a a wasteland for fantasy. Yeah, um, don't don't particularly like anyone here really because they also dismantled their own line, which is the strangest part of it all. Um, you know that was strange. Big Mac has is definitely his work cut out for him. I don't think going into a week before free agency started, he was looking around the league going, Jeez, if we got Devontae Parker now, that'd be great. You know, there was a lot bigger names out there. and You know, I think actually the Dolphins did well in the trade, you know, getting uh, the pick for the third-round pick for next year. Um, they actually did well for a guy they just wanted yeah. off the books. Do you know what I mean? They're only paying him, Patriots only paying him $6 million, but yeah. definitely... Parker can be really good, but he cannot stay healthy. He's been a disaster the last couple of years with injuries. And he has shown the flashes to be a good receiver. But whether he can do it now in New England, again, with those other guys there, don't think it's a huge improve, in my opinion, on the guys they have. They really need to be more aggressive and get a stud, I feel like. But they haven't done that, and... It's going to be tough battling, especially with how aggressive Miami and, and Buffalo are. They're easily, they're looking like, on paper, easily the third best team in this division. 
Yeah, and I, and when you look across the rest of the AFC, when you have teams like the Titans and Colts in the South, you have Steelers, Browns, Rangles, uh, Ravens and Bengals in the North, and we haven't even got to the AFC West. Patriots are going to find a tough sledding to be, even with a sniff of a, of, of a playoff spot. Yeah, they're definitely trending downwards, in my opinion. And look, it looks like they've, you know, trying to get picks for the draft and all that kind of stuff, but typically haven't drafted well over the last number of years, especially yeah. at skill positions, not been good at drafting. So if they're just yeah. all of a sudden going to turn around to be class, maybe they have a sniff, but oh, they're, it's going to be a long year for Patriot fans, and I don't feel bad for them. <laughs> and then we come to the cream of the crop the new top best division in the league the AFC West which has just exploded into the biggest arms race we've seen on both sides of the ball defense, offense, it doesn't matter it's been absolutely incredible to watch. Breaking news, it seemed, one of these clubs was involved there for a few days at a time. We start off with the Kansas City Chiefs, who probably taken the biggest dip of all, losing Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. He's been replaced by Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Ronald Jones coming into the backfield, which could signal the end for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It really could. Clyde just has not stepped up to the billing of his draft capital. Ronald Jones is still like 23 or 24 years old. It seems like he's been in the league 10 years already uh, and is a sneaky good back. Um, probably a tick up for both Juju and MVS uh, with Patrick Mahomes now chucking the ball. Uh, but probably makes Travis Kelsey undisputed king of the targets there. Um, but again, without Tyreek Hill, you know, it's probably probably a downgrade overall. Yeah, probably a little bit of a downgrade, all right. Um, you know, Juju has the pace and that, but these, are, these guys, Juju and MVS, they're big... They are fast, but they're really not take the top off the defense like Tariq Hill was. So it's the middle of the field is going to be a lot heavier defended for the likes of Kelsey. Obviously, as you said, undisputed king of targets there, which definitely does seem that way. But, you know, it's definitely an upgrade for Juju anyway. You know, he's definitely 100% moving into a better situation. And MVS probably a better situation as well. Um you know, he's probably going to find himself a little more open. Um, he has had some drop issues. Can be frustrating to watch at times, but... And as you were talking about there, they also brought in Ronald Jones. Really muddles that backfield. I really like Ronald Jones. Yeah. I really have liked him. I feel like he didn't really get a fair shake uh, with Tampa there, with, with Leonard Fournette. It was almost like if you make one mistake, I mean, you're on the bench for the rest of the game. Like, and it's, How can you expect the lad to just come in cold, do everything perfect? You know what I mean? Lads have to, you know, you have to be getting the snaps to be better. 
But it does muddle up that backfield. Kind of want to stay away from it. They're, I think they're both Edwards, Lair and Jones will make hay, but probably not fantasy relevant hay. You know, it's going to be hard to know which one yeah. is going to have a good week uh, on, on, a, on every given week. But I think at, for the team themselves, <clears throat> nice backfield setup, but probably one to try and avoid the best you it can is. fantasy-wise. It is, because because they have that young guy, Williams, as well as re-signed um, uh, the ex-Fortnite, Jared McKinnon. You know, so, and they like McKinnon, and they like Williams. Ugh. I just think for fantasy, it's a wasteland. Yeah. As for Juju, Juju had his big breakout, of course, opposite uh, Antonio Brown at Pittsburgh does a couple of years ago, but proved since he's, he is not a number one receiver. So when he was signed by the Chiefs opposite Tyreek Hill, I thought, oh, this guy is going to break out. But now with Tyreek gone, Juju's now the number one. It's hard to know what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, it's muddy. It's muddy. The the only thing I will give a little bit of credit for with Juju, his, you know, essential show, not showing he can be the one was did coincide with, you know, a harsh decline with Roethlisberger. Those two things did collide at the same True. time. So maybe he can get True. back to uh, back to the good old days and show that he can be the one. You know what I mean? They're not overpaying him a whole pile, so yeah. he's going to be playing for that big money contract, so he's going to be all in. Yeah, absolutely. We move along to the De- De- Denver Broncos, of course, finally got hold of their franchise QB, a huge trade for Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks, sending back Noah Fant tight end uh, along with Drew Locke, Fan though will be replaced by young tight end Albert O. But this is surely a tick up in direction for Sutton, Judy, and Tim Patrick. And uh, you know those guys have got to be trending in the right direction. One hundred and twenty percent, they are trending up. Um, you know, there's there are some concerns out there that. You know, Russ didn't look healthy last year. Whether he comes back to good old Russ before he hurt his hand and all that, I firmly believe he will be back to good old Russ. Uh, potentially one of the most underrated quarterbacks that's been in the league for the last 10-15 years. He's outstanding. And if he's 95%, yeah. they are going to be a handful for anybody. Real nice receiving core. Yeah. Um, look that the young tight end Albert O looks like. You know there could be a bit about him, and they've got good protection. Russ potentially has the best protection he's had in ten years, and yeah, you know Javante Williams. He looked like a stud last year as well. Real hard to tackle, can catch, can kind of do it all. Uh, I'm really excited to watch Denver this year. Yeah. Absolutely. And, of course, they did not resign Melvin Gordon, certainly yet. Uh, there's no doubt they're going to bring in some RB help. But if it's not someone of the caliber of uh, Gordon, then, yeah, Javante has a path. Has a path to the top. 
Yeah, uh, definitely could be a running back one this year. Especially if they don't re-sign Gordon. I'd be shocked if they don't actually re-sign Gordon. Just because he knows the system and all that. Like, it's easier just re-sign him. Because they're not going to have to pay him too much. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, definitely Javante Williams. Definitely one to watch. He looked a stud last year. Yeah. Indeed. Then we move over to the Las Vegas Raiders, where the big hits just keep on coming. They lost Zay Jones, wide receiver, but replaced him by Devontae Adams. In a massive trade with the Green Bay Packers, they take Adams, make him the highest paid receiver in the league, and reunite him with his college roommate and QB and neighbor, Derek Carr. <laughs> These guys have all the appearances of about to eat this season. It's a huge tick up for Carr. Yeah, huge tick up for Carr. I think he finally he finally Maybe maybe a down tick for Adams. Uh yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. It's funny it's but it's funny with you know, coming into say a year ago, coming into last year's season, you'd been talking about Adams and Hill you know, potentially could be one and two in receivers. You know, definitely coming off your fantasy draft boards. And now it's it's a little more muddled. I feel like they both kind yeah. of ticked down a small bit. But, like, obviously Adams, you know, realistically, he's arguably the best receiver in the league at the moment and has been maybe for a couple of years. His release is next level. I mean, he's he's open. Yeah. You know, almost before the quarterback has stepped away from the O line, you know, he's already open. Yeah. Um, yeah it's he just insane. makes guys, he can just move guys off the spot and be open instantly. And, you know, yeah. Derek Carr, again, one of the underrated QBs in the league, really fucking good. You know, he's. I was just going to say, you talk about an, Wilson he's being an injury away. Geez. He's an injury away of being a former MVP. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was. That year, yeah. they yeah. got injured towards yeah. the end of the year. He was standout the MVP that year, and you know this. Yeah. They were needing a guy like this, and especially to pair him with the likes of Hunter Renfro, real nice possession guy. Really had a really good season last year. They're they're going to be a force, yeah. but unfortunately for them, they are in the division of death and probably the worst team in their division. <laughs> while being better than most yeah, other teams in the league. <laughs> yeah, that's just it, though. That's just it, yeah. It, 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 like, it's like the Broncos or Raiders. If they were in any other division, they're probably favourites to win the division. But, uh, yeah, this is the group of death here, all right? Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's probably a tick up, maybe, for Hunter Renfro in a really nice season. And now he's got an alpha on the other side of him. He's he, he's there for the taking. Darren Waller, of course, if he can get his fitness back, you know, always the threat as well. But yeah, Raiders looking tasty, and that brings us on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Just when you thought this division couldn't get any tougher, the Chargers with Herbert, Keenan Allen, they re-signed Mike Williams to an insanely high contract. Uh, I thought he obviously. 
hit the heights in a few games last season at the right time to uh, to, to, to put it in. Didn't really do anything more. They brought in Gerald Everett, tight end, a sneaky good uh, pass-catching tight end with Jared Cook on the outs. Uh, um, but that was the only, they were the only real signings. But the Chargers looking to improve on uh, missing out in the playoffs last year, of course, with Herbert heading into his third year. Yeah, um, look, the Chargers have been hyper-aggressive, most of which been on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, they brought in some big names. Obviously, you know, not particularly fancy relevant, but they're going to be, you know, they're going to be hard on on offense. They're hard to stop. You know, they've got guys both sides of the field. They've got some... You know, it's nice tight ends. You know, I'd be looking forward to see Darren um, Parham coming back after that scary, scary-looking injury he uh, suffered at the end of last season. Yeah. But obviously, they have a good old line. Herbert's got a cannon, and you know, even um, uh, Josh, Josh Palmer, uh, the rookie wide receiver from last year, started to show flashes towards the end of the season. You know, a nice third piece. And yeah. obviously, um, Austin Austin Eckler in the backfield, they're a handful for everyone. And if they can start stopping people now on defense, you know, they've loaded up. They're going all in and fair play to them. They're going all in at the right so, time while they still have Herbert on his rookie deal. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what history has shown is the right thing yeah. to do. When you're not overpaying your QB, you go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's 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 what you got to do. But man, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos, Chargers—it's going to be an absolute slugfest here. I cannot it's, wait to see it's how this turns. Carnage! This it this is, is, and there's there's going to be huge upsets here. This know? is this is the division that most important to any of the other divisions is if you're winning your games in division. Because all of these yeah. teams are capable yeah. of beating the other teams outside of their division. That's, but this is going to be the one that you have to be beating the guys that are in your division in this particular division. And it was like that with the NFC West last year. You had to beat your in-division opponents yeah. to be there. You know what I mean? And the Rabs are able to do that for yeah. the most part. Yeah, but funnily enough, I was just thinking the NFC West last year, three teams, the Rams, 49ers, and Cardinals, all made the postseason. I'm looking at this division, and it's so tough that I just wonder, are two of these teams going to miss out in the playoffs because there might be such parity in division that, you know, it's for sure each team that. could finish 2-2 two and two in the division. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's for sure possible. Because you're looking at you're looking at the you're looking at the AFC North. There could be two or three teams coming out of that. The AFC East could have two teams coming out of it. Oh, it's going to yeah. be tough, you know. There's, there's only Coles so many. The there's only South. so many places for playoffs. Oh, the AFC is going to be a bloodbath this year. It's going to be class. <laughs> well, I'm super excited. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Well, look, that brings us to the end of part two of our free agency frenzy. Look back on the last month or uh, six weeks or so of the 
NFL calendar, it's been highly entertaining without any football being played on the field and it's only leading in to next weekend's NFL Rookie Draft, which comes at you over the weekend of the 24th to 26th of April. The podcast will be hitting you back up the week after the uh, draft. We're going to look at where the rookies landed, who looks good, who looks bad, etc., etc., before we organize our own rookie draft for the league. There's still a lot to talk about. We're also going to hit you with a podcast just talking about our offseason in general, what all that contains uh, as regards to re-signing your players, the rookie draft, the veteran draft, etc. And, uh, man, looking forward to seeing how this, uh, how this draft uh, shakes out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the draft now. It's the next, you know, next step in the process. It's always, uh, you know, there's always a buzz of excitement about who, you know, your own team is going to pick this kind of stuff where, you know, the top prospects are going to land. Are they going to get good spots, bad spots? Do you know what I mean? Who's going to get bumped up and down your fantasy draft board based on where they go? It's all, it's all fun and games. Absolutely. Yeah. And who's going to get bumped up and down off your current fantasy roster? You know, some guys could find themselves out of a fantasy job. I like your hustle, uh, but you're cut. uh, Absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys, we'll all talk to you soon. It's great to have the pod back. We'll be back with some more in the next couple of weeks. Enjoy the rest of the uh, the rookie draft next weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.